Don't you get tired of shallow? Don't you long for depth? And once you, once again, get to a place that has depth to it, it speaks to you and it says, why did you ever leave from this place? Why have you satisfied yourself with something lesser than? And I'm reminded of David when life had just been very, very severe on him. He got longing for some water from that one well, that well that had meant so much to him for so long. There are those wells of salvation that God offers to us as people. And we may have to find ourselves traveling at times thinking, I can't get back to that well. I'll just satisfy myself with something else. And you kind of exist, but you're not really living. You get longing for that, which is real again. Look at yourself today in just a moments of genuine worship. The experience that you had then, but the effect of it now. Don't you feel better physically? Mentally? Don't you feel that you're in a better place to receive? There's just something about worship because we were created to worship. Our creator created us just this way. So here we are, 2023. I mentioned to a couple already. I can remember being in school, elementary and uh, junior high back then, middle school now, as we refer to it, and thinking the year 2000 seems to be the space odyssey, 2001 space odyssey. Will I ever live to see it? And here we are, 2023. It seems like science fiction when it, you look at just the number. And you look at that number. Wow, that's a big number. And then we, of course, have calendars today. And, and we know in the year of the Lord really how long that his creation called man has been upon the planet. We're approaching that 6,000th year with very prophetic implications to it. And we know that God's timetable is still right on schedule. And that's what I want to share with you today. I want to uh, uh, be very sobering today. I, I'm not, I don't feel led at all to be festive, uh, and, uh, which is uh, all right to do at certain times. I know it's the new year, and, and we've tooted our little horns, and we've, we've celebrated uh, bringing in a new year. But I just couldn't get away from what he's put in my heart, what he's put in my spirit. 2023. What will we look back to about this year that we're just beginning in? If the Lord tarries and if we live many more years, will we look back to 2023 and say, oh, I remember that year? Will there be significant prophetic things happening in these next days, weeks, months called 2023? I don't know. We can look back in our lives and say, well, this particular year was important to me. It was the year I got married. This is the year that one of my children was born, on and on and on. We can think of significant moments correlated with significant years. As we talk about the things of the Lord, 2023, is this one of those years that will prove to be very prophetic for the corporate body, for the church of Jesus Christ around the globe? Again, as a pastor, I have a responsibility to this house, 
and those that are connected, either through streaming or whatever else. But we also know that there is the larger picture of the global church that as a messenger, as a preacher, as a minister of the gospel, you can never lose sight of that as well. God has a plan. How many believes that? Say amen. What is it that God might have on his schedule this year, 2023? Will this be that year? What year? I remember one great preacher, his name was Charles Hayden Spurgeon. He said, I really only have two dates in mind. I only keep two dates ever in my mind. One is today, and the other one is that day. He always kept himself realizing the day of the Lord will happen. He didn't know if it would be in his lifetime. He didn't know if it wouldn't be in his lifetime. He just knew the Word of God declares there's a day of the Lord, and he had to make sure that he never forgot that was on God's calendar and it was going to happen. So he realized the responsibility as a steward of today. Tomorrow will be another today. The day after that will be another today. So it's a pretty good thing for all of us to adapt and adopt into our lives as well to think about two significant days, today and that day. However, in the day of the Lord being a very large expression that includes several things, will this be the year of this thing called the rapture? Could it be? Could it be? Could it really be finally here? When a generation shall escape death, when a chosen people will be removed from the earth, could it be? Do we still have that in our heart? Do we long for it? Do we look for it without getting out of bounds with it? Is it there? Does it cause us to say, it helps me make better choices through the day and through the week. This could be the day that the Lord calls his own from this earth. Now, we know the day of the Lord includes rapture as a catching away as well as his actual return, the second advent. I want you to turn with me to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. Stand with me once again, please, as we read his word. This is a very, very breathtaking passage of Scripture. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, beginning verse 1. Now concerning the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ and our being gathered together to Him, we ask you, brothers, not to be quickly shaken in mind or alarmed either by a spirit or a spoken word or a letter seeming to be from us to the effect that the day of the Lord has come. Let no one deceive you in any way, for that day will not come unless the rebellion comes first and the man of lawlessness is revealed, the son of destruction, who opposes and exalts himself against every so-called God or object of worship so that he takes his seat in the temple of God, proclaiming himself to be God. Do not remember, 
excuse me, do you not remember that when I was still with you, I told you of these things? And you know what is restraining him now so that he may be revealed in his time. For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Only he who now restrains it will do so until he is out of the way. And then the lawless one will be revealed, whom the Lord Jesus will kill with the breath of his mouth and bring to nothing by the appearance of his coming. The coming of the lawless one is by the activity of Satan, with all power and false signs and wonders, and with all wicked deception for those who are perishing, because they refused to love the truth and so be saved. There's a therefore. You know I love therefores. Therefore, God sends them a strong delusion so that they may believe what is false in order that all may be condemned who did not believe the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness. Thank you again for the clarity of your word, Lord. Let it speak to us. Again, let it deepen our resolve and our faith in you. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Again, a sobering thought. Maybe it isn't what you expected on the first Sunday message of a new year. And yet, it is the appropriate message. It has to be the appropriate message. Many of us with some age, if we've been raised in the house of God, has heard enough preaching about the rapture, the second coming about this lawlessness, about an antichrist, about a spirit of antichrist. And if we're not careful, we will say, we've heard that so many times, it hasn't happened yet. I'm just going to push that aside. It'll just take care of itself. And yet, that's why God put it in his eternal word to be that finger in our back, to cause us to live correctly, to cause us to make right choices. Knowing that, for those of us I just described of having some age, there's always another generation coming up. There's that generation that in typical days, today of course is non-typical, you have nurseries and you have children's churches going on and they're cute and they're wiggly and they're fun, but we have to remember the responsibility that we have to keep sharing that truth when those little children make their way into big church for the first time or consistently and mom and dad's telling them, okay, you're no longer going to children's church, you're going to be in big church. Oh, come on, mom, really? Those people are boring to me. Those people are old. And mom and dad says, yeah, but you need to be there. Why? Because of that training. Because in those moments, just like we just experienced you have no idea what the Holy Spirit has done in that child's heart that there was adults worshiping. They didn't seem boring then. That there was weeping, that there was dance, that there was uh, expression of worship that they need to see because where else are they going to see it unless they find it among us and our members, right? See, I've said it many a time, even on our worst days as church services, church duties, church traditions, we are still very, very important 
because we get caught up in the rhetoric of, well, it has to be a big concert or a big well-known preacher or it has to be a, a big day where we push for the biggest number. Those are the important days. Oh, they're, they're important, but every day is important. It's on those other days that seem routine and mundane that it's just a little bit of seed being sown here in, in another child's heart. It's another uh, a testimony that that child heard or they've, they've witnessed something or it was the preaching and they could never come back and say, I remember every word that preacher preached, but it was a certain statement. It was a certain expression. It was the reading of the word that begins to germinate in their spirit and they say, that's an interesting book. These people that are older than me believe in that book. I love the expression I've heard over the years as well. There's many a people that knows about the book, but do you know the author of the book? It shows up in how we live if we say, yeah, but I know the author of the book versus just knowing some trivia of what that book may talk about. This mystery of lawlessness, that again, what we have before us is now some 2,000 years ago that if the spirit of lawlessness was already at work then, how many of you believe it's still working now? That in this bigger picture of the timetable, that there is something that is developing, that is building, hasn't crescendoed yet. It is just mounting up. It's just adding to. It's just catching force, almost like the snowballing effect. It's just building up layer after layer after layer. But it was already at work as they wrote this letter so long ago. It is that spirit of lawlessness that in one word is described as rebellion. Rebellion of what? Rebellion against God, His Word, which is truth. This building up of a resistance. Oh, we've seen it in warfare. We have studied war. We can look back at movements and we can say, yes, you can always find that remnant, that element that says, no, I will no longer, whether they have the good the good guys' hats that are white or the bad guys' hats that are black, you're, you can find those who say, I will not be a part of that. I'm going to resist. And the resistance builds and it, and it opposes. In this case, it is Satan himself at work building up his team, getting the propaganda, getting position. In other words, what I'm trying to describe to you is understanding that there is order to it, that there is thought to it, that there is development to it, that it is designed that way. It is a, a progression. The Bible tells us that it will continue to build into a fever pitch, that it will build into a place where there will be this revealing of this individual that now becomes the face of the rebellion. That all these other things are, are just pointing to this individual. Knowing that, again, it's a spirit. That it's more than one individual, but it has to have the face of the organization. Could 2023 be that year? Well, we understand uh, that the return of the Lord 
if we've got our understanding well, that there's a seven-year period caught up between rapture and the day of the Lord and the actual second advent or the coming of the Lord. All that's caught up in this expression, day of the Lord. But could 2023 be the beginning of that last chapter? Again, do we actually believe there's going to be a catching away of Christians and of every tribe, out of every nation, out of every country, out of every home. Do we believe that? Do we believe that? There will be others that will rebel against your position. They'll say that you've lost your mind. You're too, you're a simpleton, that you're actually going to believe the Bible that you're going to believe that there's going to be this mass exodus. Oh, we've seen the movies. We've, we've seen the pictures of planes crashing because the pilot was a believer and removed. Oh, you people, do you really believe that there will be car accidents because one driver was a believer and all of a sudden the driver coming in the other lane the opposite way who survives the accident says, before my very eyes, I saw somebody behind that wheel, and then all of a sudden there was nothing there, and the car careened into me. Do we believe that? Oh, come on. Are you really that silly? You younger people, do you really believe that these older people are right? Do you believe it yourself? See, it is sobering, and it has to be sobering. It has to be the gyro of our spirit. It has to be the balance that completes us. The spirit of lawlessness, it is skillfully destructive. To understand, it, it deceives and it entraps. It may seem so small and so minuscule, and yet it is mounting and building. Look at our times now. I find myself watching the news, listening to the news, listening to statements, and there's one thing that keeps reverberating in my spirit as I look at the global picture. How many believe we're seeing distress of nations right now? Nations. Distress of nations. In this country, there's a southern border. Oh, Pastor, you're not going there, are you? Oh, yeah, I'm going there. Because too many times we just look at it from one angle. But what about these people that are coming across that border? Why would they do that? Unless nations, that is their home, is in such duress, distress, that causes them to leave everything they've ever known and cherished. Are they that motivated to say, I don't know what... We may find in that new land, but it's better than what we have. Do we believe that we are experiencing the corruption of governments today? These people crossing borders also would say amen to that. Things that they've had for generations removed from them. See, you've got to feel this thing, church. There is a global impact. Distress of nations. Why would they leave? Why? And of course, 
wars and the rumors of wars. It seems like every time we turn the news on, and if we're not careful, we'll, we'll hear about another war. Oh, what about over in the Ukraine? Are we still really following that now? Or have we heard enough about it that as soon as we hear it, we dismiss? Well, that's over there. I don't have to deal with it. And yet, do we not see the tentacles that goes around the globe affecting other nations that are supporting one position or another? Distress of nations. There is a prophetic word found in Job, probably the oldest book in the Bible that I've referenced more than once, but again, it just spoke to me again this week in prayer. Job 12, he makes nations great and he destroys them. He enlarges nations and he leads them away. He takes away, listen, he takes away understanding from the chiefs of the people of the earth and makes them wander in a trackless land. Sound familiar? Do you find yourself struggling on who to vote for? Come on. We need a leader. They grope in the dark without light. And God says, I'll make them stagger like a drunken man. Again, very sobering. Speaking to us about the mystery of lawlessness. That each person says, I'm a law unto myself. I'm going to do what I want to do when I want to do it, as many times as I want to do it, and you're not going to tell me I can't do it. No longer do we just have, well, that's a difference of opinion. How many believe there's a spirit of war that's moved into homes, into churches, into businesses? Again, this week, two previous businessmen are both dead because they shot each other in a disagreement. Again, is this just coincidence or is there distress upon the earth? Is there stress? Is there you stress? All these things building, mounting. Well, Pastor, you're making it sound like you're getting ready to set a date. No, I'm just asking, 2023, what will it hold for us? What could it hold for us? Are we again saying in ourselves, yes, we see the mystery, the lawlessness? Don't you find yourself at times wanting just to go home and cocoon? You want to turn television off? You want to turn your iPad off? You want to turn your phone off? But you're too addicted, of course. You're going to keep that right back there. But there's those moments that I just want to get back to the bathtub and get me some bubbly soap and just forget the world's out there. Many people drowning their, their stress with alcohol, just trying to escape the pressure, the spirit of lawlessness that is, of course, orchestrated and building. And again, it is at the heart of it, we realize there are so many groups upon this globe says, we're tired of it, we've resisted, and now we are at an anger mode that says we're going to have our way no matter what the cost. How many groups are speaking now saying in their rhetoric, we will have world 
domination. They no longer want to just be a commodity or a portion or a segment. We want it all. Again, they're pitted against each other and can't find leaders. The rebellion are people who refuse to accept truth. Have we heard expressions lately about those that oppose us truth? To water it down, oh, well, your truth is your truth and my truth is my truth. It's all relative truth. There's not really an absolute truth. And then this Christian comes along and says, I believe in an absolute truth. How well does that go for that person? The attack to come against, well, you're just not woke. You don't understand. You're foolish. You believe in this word. You believe that there is a God. You believe he is still in charge if he exists. This rebellion is going against truth itself. And at the very core of truth is a person, a personality. And Jesus arises from the pages again and says, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. No man, no man, no person gets to the Father except through me. I'm the gate, I'm the door, I'm the way. Are you people really that narrow-sighted? Is your vision that myopic that you only see him? Can you not be awakened to there are many ways to God? That there are many gods that you need to please? You see this polyistic rhetoric, this philosophy. You don't believe it isn't here? Open your eyes. And it sits on church pews. And it gets in church pulpits. Grace Life Church, you understand from this pulpit... There is only one God. There's only one faith, one Savior, and Lord of all, Jesus the Christ, the Messiah. Again, the rebellion comes against that. Oh, of course, it comes in different groups. You have those that are uh, just apathetic and they drift there are those that just get caught up in the rhetoric and they're marginalized. You have the others that are compromised. Well, I would take a better stand, but I've got this in my life. So I, 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 I try to get on both sides of the aisle, so to speak. I try to get on both teams, so to speak. But you see those that oppose the truth, there's always that aggressive party that's pushing it more and more. And finally, you find the militant that are pushing it all. There is something building, church. The spirit of lawlessness is building. We feel it, don't we? Don't we feel it? Don't we sense it? Is it really that unusual now to be at work and talk to somebody that you don't really believe attends church anywhere that's not a Christian, and yet they want to talk to you saying, what is really going on with this planet? It's crazy, isn't it? No matter what their age is, no matter what their skin color is, we all know something's up. Could 2023 be a significant year? And what am I going to do about it? Am I living in such a way that I'm sensitive in my spirit to what God is saying? 
Again, it goes back to our worship. It goes back to finding depth. It is staying in that place of genuine worship that says, God, I'm living in a world where there's many voices screaming at me, but I want to know your voice. I still have responsibilities to family, to business, to coworkers, to people, to my neighbor. Lord, I'm still in a weary land. I'm a pilgrim. I'm a sojourner. I'm an alien just passing through. Remind me of that, that this world is not my home, that I've got a home already in my heart, and I'm going to get there. I'm going to attain it. I know that your word is true. I know my name is written down in the Lamb's book of life. I know in that moment I shall behold you. I shall see you. I shall stand before you face to face, and I am looking for that moment when I can hear you say, Enter in, my child. Enter in. You've been found faithful in small things. I'll make you ruler of greater things. You've remained faithful to the truth. It is still the truth that sets you free. It makes you free. Again, this rebellion, the Bible describes it in multiple ways. It's, it's known as abandonment. It's known as a falling away. It's known as a departure. In other words, you understand in that rebellion, there are some that have never known the truth. They want to create their own truth. But in those numbers, there shall be many that are known as the departure. They once knew, but they turned their back to it. That departure, that abandonment, that apostasy, I've once tasted, but I wanted a taste of other things, and I couldn't find my way back. That apostasy that the Bible describes, I'm reminded of a story that we've all heard of, maybe you've read, and it's been a long time ago. How many remembers the Pied Piper of Hamlin? Could it be that today we still see, even though it's mythological, the same spirit that we read about of a Pied Piper of Hamlin, is it, is it involved today on the globe? Are there influencers today that have their pipes and are declaring, just follow me and look at the crowd now, follow me, but where are they going? The Pied Piper of Hamlin, of course, was hired to do a job. He was hired because there was a rat manifestation. The city said, we're desperate, we're desperate. The Pied Piper, of course, Pied means a multicolored fabric, alluring. Look at me, the flash. Does it sound familiar today? That which grabs our attention that which is soothing to the ear, follow me. Those rats lined up, and he took them right to the river until they perished. The story goes on, of course, that the Pied Piper went back to receive the pay and was refused the pay. He just decided, then I'll show you. And with that same pipe, he led the children away, and they were never seen again. He says exactly what the enemy would like to do in the rebellion to steal your child from the house of God. Don't tell me Pied Pipers aren't out there. 
the next generations. They have to know that the previous generations believe and live it. They don't vacillate. They live with conviction of the things of God and His Word. The thing that amazes me in our culture is how pagan we've become. How we celebrate it. How we flaunt it. How we esteem it. And we can't throw enough money at it to make billionaires out of pagan practices. Flaunting flesh. Man, you sound like an old-fashioned preacher right now. Well, I am getting old. And I'm going to stay in fashion with God. So I'll take that old-fashioned. The pagan, of course, is that which is irreligious and the hedonistic. That which tantalizes the flesh. I'm going to conclude in the sobering thought. To me, if you look for one word that drives all of this, is the thing we have to be the most cautious of. The thing that gives fuel to all these vehicles is selfishness. Selfishness. It's all about me. It's what I want. Tell me I'm entitled again. Yeah, that sounds good to me. Pastor, you're sobering today. But when you sense that spirit driving these issues, these headlines, well, I, I, I've been made a victim. I, I deserve better. And yes, there's injustices in the world, no doubt about it. But you have to be careful of feeding selfishness in your life. It'll take you to a path of destruction. Proverbs 29 and 18, how long has it been since you've read that passage? Where there's no vision, the people perish. Another translation that probably brings it out better today is where there is no prophetic vision, the people cast off restraint. I don't want that cloak any longer. I don't want anything holding me back. I don't want any traditions from previous generations. Come on, church. These are the things we're hearing. I'm telling you, it's a spirit driving these things. I'm going to cast off any restraint. I want to just be free. I want to be free. But you understand where there's no prophetic vision. Another translation is where there's no conscious awareness. See, that speaks to how powerful the mind is. As a person thinketh, so they become. If I don't have the prophetic word speaking to me, I'll cast off. Sometimes I'll just slip it off. Other times I'll say, I'm ready to get rid of it. I don't want that any longer. But when the prophetic is speaking to you, then Lord, if this is from you, then I'm going to hold on to it. I speak to the younger of this house, those streaming as well. God's Spirit is still working. 
He always has his remnant. I don't believe that all the young are deceived. I don't believe that at all. God always raises up warriors. God raises up those that says, I will stand for the truth and I will be faithful to my generation. This is what was spoken of of David. He was faithful to his generation. We still praise him for a lot of things, but it was his responsibility to his generation. Each generation have to have those said, I am persuaded. Paul said, I am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I've committed unto him. I've got that commitment going. It, I have sacrificed and I've suffered, and at times I have had to walk alone. But as long as that connection is still true, that worship is still genuine. That connection of spirit that says, yes, Lord, it is a lonely time. It is a weary time, but I know who I am, and I am persuaded that I'm yours. You see, our hope is found in him. So I finish with this. As Paul was also writing, he says, don't let your minds be quickly shaken. As if. In other words, yes, you're going to hear troubling reports. 2023 will be froth with evil reports. But what does it do for us? I'm reminded of those first disciples we read about that followed the Lord personally in the flesh. And as he left them, he hadn't been gone but moments. And the angel said, why do you stand here gazing? Look up, your redemption draws nigh. That message is still to the believer, your redemption is drawing. Whether we get the privilege of living an entire lifetime of 60, 70, 80, 90 years on up, or if we're taken from the earth earlier, or are we going to be a part of that rapture? I'm reminded of a statement I'll ask for. Musicians to come, please. There's a statement I'd like to say, and, and I want you to kind of pin it down, because, again, it speaks to the present. And it's simply put this way. We live in the already, which is the justification that God has given us. We live in the already, and we also live in the not yet, the sanctification. I like that. Two big words $100 words, but they're worth keeping in our vocabulary. We live in the already. How many knows you've been justified if you are in Christ? It is something we didn't do. He did for us. He who predestined us, foreknew us, called us, did he not also in that calling say, I've justified you and I've glorified you? That's the already. We have that firm foundation in our salvation, but we also are living in the not yet. How many knows the sanctification continues daily? He's constantly washing us. He's constantly wooing us. He's constantly saying, there's something better. I keep that thought before you. God is always speaking to us from the complete. God said, how many knows Jeremiah 29 and 11? I know the plans I have for you. 
He's already planned it all out. He's always speaking to us from that position. And he is saying, let your sanctification continue to develop. As much as there is a spirit of lawlessness that is mounting and building and going somewhere, so is your salvation. So is your sanctification. He is our hope, our hope of glory. He is our hope of salvation. He is speaking to us. Would you stand with me?